Hello everyone and welcome to season two, episode two of the weekly freestyle. Um, I'm calling in uh, from no longer the UK actually. Uh, I'm away in Greece um, for a holiday and I know it sounds like I've been on holiday a lot while we've been recording the weekly freestyle but I can promise you this is my final final holiday. Uh, I'm just away for one week with um, my girlfriend's family um, in Rhodes. It's kind of my last break um, that I'm going to get till next summer, which will only be a short break because we're heading straight to Olympic here after that's my last, um, my last long break for, uh, for a good while. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's, that's why I'm calling in from Greece and Alex, you're in Maidenhead. Yeah, I'm Maidenhead. You don't, you don't need to be, uh, apologetic for your holidays, mate. You don't get many. <laughs> no, I feel like I need to justify having it's, all these holidays. I feel like it's just, it's just mm-hmm. off the back of the previous Insta post. I thought you, I thought you're back in it, fella. <laughs> I've had a lot of people say that I, I did yeah I did an interpose where I said yeah last holiday I well, that was Marbella wasn't it was that when we were out in Marbella I think um oh no no oh back on the oh no I posted I was like back on the uh back on the graph now back in the pre-season and I I did I have I've done two weeks of pre-season uh training and this is the third week so I'm just uh just away um for for, for this one um oh, good it's all but, good but yeah you're you're a maidenhead aren't you yeah so um yeah, had quite a long day at work today, actually, um, and hoping to get out for a, a session afterwards because I've got, um, I've actually got my first cross country race for, for it's for a good number of years on Sunday. So just trying to keep everything okay. ticking over, keep it consistent. Um, so yeah, but but back in maids, I mean, it's been a while since we caught up last, hasn't it? It is, and I think first of all, we should just touch on how brilliant of an interview we had last week with our first guest, George Taplin. Obviously, I had to dip slightly early because of my anti-doping test which could not could not have come at a worse time honestly I'm, I'm midway through recording the podcast I'm getting banging on my door uh, and the way it works if you're in the house and they rock up you have to you have to do the test you can't you can't do the test it's called an out of hours test because if they turn up at your given location in your hour slot of the day um, and you're not there then you get a strike three strikes and you're out so my, my my given slot is um you know my house at between 6 and 7 a.m for example so i always know i'm going to be in my house 6 to 7 a.m but this was an out of hours slot because we were recording about seven or eight o'clock at night yeah and they just started banging on the door and then i had to let them in and then they it was a it was a blood and a urine sample which takes a lot longer than just a urine sample so yeah it was it was a bit of a drag so i can only apologize um for having to dip early but it's it was an absolutely brilliant interview i think george was a incredible first guest to have on and i've known him for slightly longer than you have but i think you i mean we can both agree like he's, he's such a professional he's so he's so modest as well i don't know how you found it but yeah, yeah. i i think that george he seems to have done it all and as you say he he's done it all but the way he carries himself and and even mm. in his answers he'd always bounce it back to us i said yeah both thinking george this is about you um, yeah, crack on yeah. and, it, and it'll drop in the conversation about oh and i started a business as well and i was just thinking yeah we, we need a couple of hours for um for this interview oh, but you. he um you'll be glad to know that he he treated me very well as a, as a guest as a visitor um oh, had some good. wonderful i think it was a bit of lemon drizzle and um and an <laughs> apple actually so uh Being yeah spoiled was, absolutely spoiled. what a host he was he was unreal but it was it, it was funny but i feel as though you getting called out for anti-doping it's, it's not actually the first time it's happened and i actually think we've had probably a slightly more um inconvenient time when we were i think we 
a group of us were in Bath, probably around your birthday, and we were just heading into yes. a pizzeria. <laughs> I'd say that was more yes. inconvenient than last week. Goodness me, I remember that. Yeah, so it was around my, my birthday this year. We're in a pizzeria, and I get a call from one of my flatmates. We we're just about to go out and uh, celebrate my birthday as well. So it's a good thing that they, they called to the house when they did, and not a few hours later. But, um, yeah, no, they uh, they rocked up. Um, no, no, I got a call from my flatmate. They're like, look, doping here, you've got to come back. So I just had to walk walk back to my flat, take the test. And then uh, I think I went and rejoined you guys at the pizzeria. But, yeah, they just rock up at any hour at your, your house, at the training center um, when you're away on camp. Um, so I've been away on a relay camp last week, which we're going to touch on. But, yeah, any time. Uh, I was quite gutted as well that I couldn't finish off um, the interview with George because, obviously, I got to chat about all the – you know, his age group development, like developmental years, but I really wanted to talk about the stuff that, you know, he went on to do later on in life, like his incredible long distance swims. But one thing we've actually discussed since that interview is um, George is, is, is really, he's a keen coach. He, I think he's a, he's a, he's a student of the sport. He's a student of um, the human body and, and physiology. And I think one thing he really wants to delve into more uh, and ask if I, you know, help him out on it is, you know, that kind of age group develop uh, development for, for young swimmers and young athletes because he's, you know, seen the most extreme example of it. You know, the stuff he was doing at Hillingdon and some of the sets that he uh, told us about, some of the anecdotes he gave last week. But I, I, he really wants to try and help other younger kids and, and kind of nurture them. And, and whether it's in like a, a podcast form or, you know, just getting this content out somehow, it's something he really wants to get stuck into. And that's what we were saying earlier. He just has all these incredible ideas. It's just like one thing after another with him and like his business idea. Um, and, you know, if, if, if anyone can do it, he can do it really. Yeah. And talking of um, ideas, I mean, you didn't get a chance to say it, but he, he mentioned the fact that you guys had an idea about potentially uh, an open water swim uh, and quite a long mm -hmm. one around the equator. So I think I, uh, along with many other people, would be quite interesting interested to see that and also hear more about that at some yeah. point yeah yeah no that that's looking to happen a long distance um very long very long open water distance swim uh looking to happen after the summer of the paris olympics 2024 and as we as we're able to plan it and get it set in stone we'll be able to um share more about it as it happens but no it'll be it'll be uh event will hopefully be targeting a record and uh all in the name of charity so Nice. That I'll, is, I'll um, hire. Working on. I'll hire my boat ahead of time. Then. Absolutely, absolutely. Don't forget the flat tracks. <laughs> Not at all. Um, but yeah, speaking of guests, um, quite exciting. I also got some written confirmation from another potential guest um, for a couple of weeks' time. Um, so that's also quite exciting. You know, we go straight from George, world record holder, ex world record holder, to Olympic medalist. Um, so yeah, mm. really looking forward to that as well. No, that's exciting and uh, I think we've learned so much from doing that first interview and like we say guys you know any suggestions comments ideas guest ideas people can get us in touch with all very welcome keep sending them our way yeah and you even managed to sneak on to uh well you did two podcasts in one night didn't you last week yeah I did I did I did, very yeah, cheeky. I did a propulsion propulsion swimming podcast uh, I was on as a guest um for those for the two guys who run that um swimming centered british swimming centered podcast um i went and did a little interview for them and spoke about uh, life after the olympics um and even dropped a little plug for the weekly freestyle you did. yeah i was uh, i was listening to that in work and you dropped it and i was like little fist pump great stuff but yeah no it, sound, it, sound, it was a really good interview and um shout out to those guys as well because they were 
kind enough to put them put us on their on their instagram stuff so you've you've had um before obviously you're back on holiday you you were actually doing a bit of training but it sounded like a training that i'd not really heard about before or or anything like that is is it relay camp did you say yes we did we did a week and a half of pre-season and the last three days of the second week we went up to loughborough to do a relay camp a british swimming relay camp and uh I think British Swimming have really realised how important the relays are for, for us as a country, um, given how well we did in um, Tokyo, Worlds, you know, the Europeans. We're really becoming a force to be reckoned with. You know, we won the 4x2 relay. That was one of my two gold medals last year at the Olympics. was a 4x2, the first time Team GB have ever won a relay in the Olympic Games. Um, so really quite momentous. And um, for myself personally, they're becoming a much bigger part of my schedule. Um, something I'm really having to plan for uh, and I really want to kind of get myself in with as many relays as possible heading into the Paris Olympics so they've really started to realise how important it is you know um, and the relays have been given um, their own you know training camp to the point where every boy who's ever been on a relay you know with British Army ever could be on a relay you know a lot of the young guys there was a, there was a group of like 40 lads on this camp for the for the relay camp it was brilliant we did Training sessions, the relay takeovers, obviously, to, to fine-tune that. A lot of analysis, underwater filming, um, slow-motion cameras, all that really important stuff. We did team-building exercises. So we went, we actually went clay pigeon shooting. I saw um, that. At a local shooting range. Um, yeah, which was really good fun. Did a little competition, split into groups. So, like, eight groups of five. Um, and then the top five scorers went into a final uh, out of the 40 lads. And it was, a like, a sudden-death shootout. Um, and I uh, don't want you know, blow my own trumpet, but I went on to win. You won, uh, you won the whole competition out of the relay. Yeah, I won the whole competition, which Bloody I was yeah. quite chuffed with. Um, considering I've never shot a gun before, <laughs> yeah, I was pretty happy with that one. It all came down to the last shot. Uh, it's actually really difficult, but it's it's really really good fun. Who um, were you in so the final time, with? I was in the final with. Or who else had a, a good swimmer, a good eye? A swimmer from Edinburgh. Okay, whose name slips my mind. He had a great. He had a great eye though. Yeah, not quite good enough, but uh, <laughs> good enough again. Final, um, yeah. So, so it was it was good fun. Anyway, on the last day, we did a massive, massive psychology session, which was brilliant. It was, and I'm normally with the psychology sessions. I'm like, oh, you know, it's going to be about motivation and grit, determination. You know, oh, you got to work hard, all that stuff. But this was like stripping it back to the the true vulnerabilities of the athletes on these teams. It was really quite deep. And, you know, if someone said, all right, you've got a four-hour psych session, I'd be like, oh, for goodness sake, you know, it's just going to be like people thinking about passion and stuff. Like, I'm I'm quite sceptical when it comes to that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm not a big fan of the, you know, the American style, um, you know, everyone putting their hands in the middle and chanting kind of team morale stuff. I don't think that's really... You did that bit, you know, ISL, my... though. Exactly, yeah. And I wasn't, wasn't, you know, loving it. The Americans are all over that. But, uh, yeah, we... That was kind of part of the deal yet for signing yourself up for. Um, but no, it was really, really good. And it basically stripped back what it's going to take to win these gold medals at the Olympics, the time breakdowns, but also the psychological um, barriers we're going to have to overcome. And then the big part of it was really what are people's vulnerabilities and what's going to stop us from achieving these medals. And everyone went round and they spoke about something that's really needs to be done or, or, or is hindering them or the team um, and the aim of it was you had to dig into every single thing that someone said you know you had to question why but why like what is this going to look like or 
what experience, what anecdotes have you got? You know, what's the toughest thing you've had to deal with if, uh, in that um, in that arena, in that example? You know, you really, really had to um, dig in. And the, the psychologist basically, he's like, look, we want everyone to feel uncomfortable. We want people to stand up and get questioned over what they're saying and really have to think. We want these awkward silences, you know, that messy bit in the middle. It don't, we don't just want clean statements like we want motivation mm-hmm. and grit. You know, we want people to be to be questioned and really dig deep because that's how we build this team. And I really did get to know people a lot better than I had before. <clears throat> yeah, you have to excuse me, I've got a bit of a croaky throat. Um, you really do get to know people a lot better. And, and, you know, even things like hearing Duncan speak about the two and the three at the Olympic Games, you know, where we went gold, silver with four 100s between I've never ever I've never spoken to him about that race you know I've never heard him speak about that race and it's the first time he's really kind of opened up and um talked about his how he felt about it and uh, the the attitude he had during that point in the Olympic schedule and going back to the uh, the apartment that we were sharing and the kind of highs and lows it was yeah pretty crazy actually to to really hear you know PT speaking a lot Jimmy you know having things to say these experienced guys have been to a few Olympic games um, opening up, it was it was a really really raw, stripped back, vulnerable psychology session that that, that dug people deep, um, swimmers and coaches alike. So uh, yeah, I think it was very very positive and one of the best psych sessions I've been involved in. Yeah, I get Sal from an outsider's perspective. I think especially with having a room of I don't know, maybe there are about eighty athletes, boys and girls, and usually you'd see athletes, especially in swimming, as kind of these these people that are so confident in themselves, um, I guess are so focused every day. Um, they know exactly what their race schedules are. So to actually hear that you guys were, were opening up, it must've been really yeah. quite, maybe quite tricky for some people in terms of actually, you, you say it, you're in the room there with some of your biggest competitors. <laughs> and then suddenly yeah. you do, you spend the whole season sort of keeping it tight lips, trying to swim as, yeah. you know, keep, keep your racing sort of under wraps not showing your, your car too early even in in races in, in your qualifying yeah. races you don't want to go all out too early so even in that sense mm. and then suddenly to be in a room discussing stuff as you say that's quite that you've never you've never heard before it must have been quite yeah, a surreal yeah. experience it was and some really personal details and, and one of the big things that came about and one thing that i've spoke about at length and i think it links really quite strongly to the culture within these training environments, the culture within national centres, also the culture within British swimming. The sign of a healthy culture is you need to hold people accountable because you're part of this team. You know, it's an individual sport, but part of a team. These relays are very much not individual. You need to be able to pull people up on certain things, hold them accountable in a positive and constructive manner. Both, there's very much a hierarchy in the world of swimming. There's very much a hierarchy in British swimming. Um, that naturally forms itself based on your achievements, you know, and as yeah. a younger, less established swimmer, you would never pull an older swimmer up on something that they're not doing as well as they possibly could do. You know, and I, I think when I first joined the National Centre at Bath, I was 18 and James Guy was like 23, he's five years older than me. Um, so he's a senior athlete, he was the older one in the squad, he was world champion at that point, he had achieved great things in the swimming world. I was never going to call him out on something he wasn't doing brilliantly, but now... I would call him out if he was slacking or if he was messing something up or his technique wasn't brilliant, just like he would call me out. And it would be constructive and it would be positive. There wouldn't be any egos there. You know, we, It was all about stripping back the egos. Um, and that was something that people really took on board, I like to think. And, and that's the kind of culture that I want to start to build in Bath specifically, being it, you know, as that's my national centre. And I'm one of the more senior athletes and 
you know, slightly more established athletes in that national centre. It's something that I'm, I feel really strongly about. And I've had chats with Dave about having further meetings to really start to ingrain this positive culture because we've taken so many steps in the last few years from where when I first joined and it was very much a separate, you know, two very separate groups in the Bath National Centre. It's a culture I really want to um, start to continue this positive momentum on. But one of the questions that actually got asked was, you know, had people ever restrained themselves from calling someone out on something or, or you know, pulling something up, pull, pulling someone up on on a point where their technique or, or training could have been better because they're a yeah. direct competitor of that person? And I think it's a very tricky question to mm. answer there and then and put your hands up and say, you know what, I, I saw so-and-so doing this. You know what? It was it was shit. It wasn't good. And I didn't call them out on it because they're a direct competitor of mine. And the worse they do that, the worse they're going to swim, which is better for me. Yeah. You know, you need to start, you know, like ridding British swimming and of that culture, ridding, yeah. you know, the swimming world of that culture. If we all want to raise everyone up together, and the saying was each one teach one. So the people who have done it and, you know, won these medals, you pass that knowledge on even if they are competitors of yours, which is quite tricky because it's an individual sport and there's a degree to which you have to be selfish in this sport. And I've had coaches tell me you have to be selfish, you know, um, yeah. and that's very yeah. much the opposite of that. I think that's so true because it's, it is an individual sport. And I think even in my own experience, when you're just even going down for a club night at the track, if you know, you've mm -hmm. got a race with, even if they're sort of your best mate, um, I've always been quite closed off in terms of say like the stuff I do away from it or, you know, being quite, quite reserved in sort of maybe the training I do. And actually you want to let the racing, I guess, do the, do the talking. Yeah. Um, so that must be so strange um, within the group, but yeah, it's, it's certainly something that is going to benefit the team as a whole. And did, did you feel as though the, the Loughborough v Bath group split was something that was was being talked about worked on and and how did that feel I, I think that's definitely starting to break down um I think that's that's definitely something that's uh um you know that barrier and that wall that used to be there is starting to um yeah we're, we're, we're more of a unit I mean this this um whole relay camp was run by Mel who's the head coach of a uh, head coach of Loughborough Swimming so Without a doubt, that's that's starting to break down, and we're definitely seeing ourselves with more of one team. And these relays are the best way to uh, to really prove that and 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 bring the team together. Um, so, without a doubt, we 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 very much see ourselves as British swimming. Um, I think there's still maybe a lingering sense of, you know, I know the coaches like Dave wants to be the best national centre, but of course you do yeah. because everyone wants to be the best. You know, you don't want to see someone else beat you for the, you know, in in the name of the team. You still want to be top, but you want to do it in a constructive there's got to be a balance um, hasn't there? yeah exactly you know if you if you guys all started suddenly uh you know giving everyone your, your best advice maybe not not trying to not hurt someone's feelings but i don't know putting putting something out there then suddenly you, you lose that competitive edge and it was interesting i was listening to um, a podcast with kenton cool on who um i think he's one of britain's most uh famous climbers and he was saying about this culture about with when you compare him to the sherpas just in terms yeah. of that, that hierarchy and it, it's in the Sherpa's culture to kind of go with the flow. But actually when you're in the most life-threatening situations, like he would be in the dead zone, it's so important yeah. that he is able to to mix with his team and they feel as though they can 
um, communicate to him when they maybe don't agree um, with what he's doing. But also mm-hmm. it's that point about, say, even if you are a senior member of the team and you're, and you're getting questioned, it's not a sign of weakness to actually listen to what's being said yeah. and change. And actually that, that I guess is what makes someone like Hendon Cool and also great people in terms of their leadership and how they sit within teams. Like, I guess you, yeah. you guys all would in, in your squads, um, I guess yeah. even better. Absolutely. So a, it shows a strength of the team, not weakness. It does. And in terms of like the handovers on the relays, what, um, what kind of thing are you working on in terms of getting those those percentage touches? Because I know that you've spoken to it that you've not actually worked on that much. Is What were you doing in terms of, was it reaction stuff? Was it sighting, getting to know what the swimmer was doing in the last five metres before you can jump off? Yeah, it, it is that. So you do have to know, you have to have a rough guess of who you're going to be taking over from. You know, I know I'm going to be taking over from, from one of a handful of guys in Great Britain on the 4 by 200 metre relay at Paris. I could gauge that pretty well at the moment. Um, it's about takeover time. You want it between 0.1 and 0.2 seconds. Um, so it's quick enough to give you an advantage, but safe enough that you're not really running the risk of a disqualification. You know, when you start getting to 0.05, 0.01, you know, you really start running the risk of a disqualification. But more than anything, it's about the technique of the takeover. You want to be carrying as much momentum into that movement as possible. You want to have the perfect flight path and you want to enter and maintain that speed through the water. You need to start your underwater phase slightly later because of that extra speed through the water. So there's loads of things at play. And it's really about breaking down the technique of the dive as opposed to the timing because people's timing is pretty good on the whole. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it re- repetition will mean you have a pretty good takeover time overall. But you can have a great takeover time and, and you can only carry, as, you know, you might have only as much power as you would on a traditional dive. You don't get any of that extra swing do you get when you do a, a relay takeover so that was the main thing that we were we were really working on yeah it's, no, it does sound fascinating and linked with your sort of mixing up of the the training this week it sounds like you've had a, a good i guess a good start to the season and i did put out something on our instagram just speaking about if anyone had any thoughts on motivations um has it has it been tough for you to get back into it or has it been that you've hit that point where you're like, right now, actually I fancy a bit of this now. Let's, let's get back to work. When I first got back in, I was kind of like, I wanted to train a little bit, but I still was enjoying being on holiday. I tell you what, it was really that relay camp that, that changed it for me because yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm part of something bigger. I want to feel what I felt in Tokyo again in Paris. I really do have that fire in my belly still. I do have that hunger. You know, I'm not at the point in my career where I don't have that drive anymore. It's still very much in me. Uh, and that definitely just reconfirmed it in my mind. So that was another really great positive I took away from it. And one thing I chatted about was whether what I'd done in the lead up to world champs of this summer just gone was as good as it could have been, or the work I did in the lead up to the Tokyo Olympics was as good as it could have been. And I did say very honestly, the training I did in the lead up to Tokyo, I could not have squeezed another ounce out of that training at the time. Yeah. You know, I, I could not, I did everything I could have. And I remember so clearly the two, three months prior thinking I, I, there is no more I could have done. The lead up to world 2022, that year of training was a lot more disrupted um, for several reasons, but one of them being how the whole world had just turned upside down after the Olympics, you know, and yeah. I had so many more demands on my time, commercial demands um, being the main one, extracurricular events you just get invited to and you have to do and 
you know, you have to make a living and you have to do all that. So from a performance standpoint, it, it wasn't as good as it could have been. Um, but I know how to deal with it much better now. And I know that heading into Paris, I'm going to have to be able to say no to a lot more things. And that's going to be the real, the real test for me, but I know what it takes. I've done the training to, to win Olympic gold and I know what it takes. So I know I can go back to that place, but you just can't live like that for four years straight. You right. cannot live it that kind of like you, you, it's physically impossible. You would, something would give because it's so intense and it's so demanding that it can literally only be for a few months at a time. But I know I can swap back into that and then lead up to Paris. Yeah, I guess from your perspective, I'm, you'd always want to be thinking back to the kind of the, I guess, the hunger you had before um, the Olympics. But then again, you've mm-hmm. also got to think out the back of it, you've learned a lot, you've gained experiences that you wouldn't have before. So maybe it's, you know, it's not a saying, right, you need to get back to how you were, but it's just it's just merging the two. Um, yeah, yeah exactly. and we've we've had someone we've had savage swimmer 87 um get back to um our poll and he he said the key for him is that knowing there's an end point to the competition and i think that's something i can really relate to and i think probably a lot of listeners can as well because it's one thing training sort of throughout the week um and keeping fit that that's great but i think to push yourself to that next level you've got to have something in the diary or something to test yourself against where you sort of get a, a yardstick out, um, whether it's a race, a particular challenge or a time trial where you can go, okay, I've got this on this date. I'm going to do it no matter what, no excuses. And then that is part of the motivation to keep you going yeah. throughout those weeks. Mm-hmm. And then you can really test mm-hmm. yourself. Absolutely. hundred percent. hundred percent. That's why macro and micro cycles are so important for training. hundred percent. Nice. And um, I think it's probably time that we move on to the, to the freestyle section of the pod. We haven't really had, uh, a key like a clear focus for this one but as i say we've we've had a fair bit to catch up on but one thing i was yeah. thinking of this week is that we've got i guess this will be our 12th episode now and i feel yeah. as though we need a place a space where people can go when they've listened to every single episode um mm-hmm. and the, you know it's, it's kind of like an exclusive club in a way where you can go actually i was i was there for episode one yeah. Um, all the way to now season two and listening to um, Mrs. Haplin. Have you got have you got any ideas on a place that we could we could kind of make that people can join? I think that'd be really cool because I know that a lot of you guys who are listening at the moment will have supported us from the start, you know, back when the audio wasn't brilliant and we were still kind of finding our feet all the way up now to like you said, season two again, our first guest and many to come in the future, and a few big projects and people that are gonna help us that we're meeting in the very near future so a lot of exciting things to come so yeah i think it's brilliant and and that support is great so it's something we've chatted a little bit about um but one thing that that we thought was quite cool going along with the weekly freestyle kind of theme is having a a cool room you know mm. almost if, if if you will where you know people can be part of that exclusive club a cool room whereby you will have listened to every single episode i think that'd be quite cool and uh i think it all fits fits pretty well uh and i know there'll be quite a few people who are before into that category already because I, I think the cool room we could do an episode on the cool room and it's you've touched on it before but i imagine it's quite a weird and wonderful place but also it's a place where you're focused you're ready to go you might mm. have the odd the odd chat but i think actually that's surely the cool room is a place you want to be especially if it's a, a major meet you want to be in that cool room before that final because it means that you're doing the right things i could honestly fill a number of episodes just talking about the cool room and the work and prep we've done 
leading up to that call room, I could speak about those 10 minutes sitting in the call room before I walked out for my Olympic final and what was going through my head. Um, yeah, without doubt, I think that'll be a really special episode. You can tap into some exciting, exciting topics because that is the ultimate pinnacle for an entire swimmer's career. There is every single emotion present in the call room, highs, lows, and everything in between. So yeah, that'll be a really, really exciting episode that, that I'd like to talk about. So what we're basically saying is that if you listen to every episode of the weekly freestyle, you can enter the pinnacle or also known as the call room. Absolutely. Absolutely. hundred percent. That sounds brilliant. Sounds good to me. And one, one other thing we, we shouted out previously is um, a good mate of mine, Toby. I don't know, but if you're in the call room, um, then you would, would you know about this, but Toby's actually finished. Um, this is the, the numbers are staggering, but he's walked for 147 days and he's walked the Goodness length of, of the United States. <laughs> Fair play. Shout out um, Toby for that one. That's insane. So yeah, I think hopefully he listens now, but he, he I think he did. <laughs> he must've listened to us. Uh, hopefully for a bit of that. He'll definitely be in the call room. He'll be in the call room. That's like a George Taplin-esque. Yeah, it's, you know, it, style of challenge. It's up there. Uh, so the photos are quite mad. Maybe, maybe we'll shout him out on, on the story, but he he looks like a completely different human being after the 140 days, just in terms of That's mainly incredible. his facial hair. But yeah, there's yeah. over two and a half thousand miles. Um, wow. So if, if anyone else has any sort of feats or Taplin-esque feats, maybe we should make yeah. a... Uh, a space as well where you can share your tap and s feats with us um but yeah that's a, that's Maybe a pretty... on the pod as well yeah why not yeah I, we should get toby on see what see what brilliant. he has to say about that brilliant. he'll have some some big learnings for us um Absolutely. but yeah no I'm, I'm just scrolling through the photos i put i'll put my phone down now um but yeah that, that was a cool <laughs> one is um i think it was nice for us to to have a bit of a catch up um and just i guess kind of flow through that episode absolutely no that was brilliant and um yeah great to recap off the back of our first guest episode last week and like I said a lot of exciting things in the work we've got a pretty exciting meeting uh, next week coming up that'll really really help us uh, and hopefully bring you guys some some pretty cool new content in the future so uh, keep listening and if you're already in the call cool room keep it up and hopefully there'll be quite a few more people joining you yeah come come join us in in the call cool room, cool room for some good chats and um, I, cool. I look forward to hear about um, the new car you're picking up as well that's that's happening this yes, weekend, isn't it? Yes, yes. Hopefully, I'll be able to tell you guys more about that on the next episode. If it all goes to plan, <laughs> if it all goes to plan, we'll be recording it from the new whip. <laughs> all right, Absolutely. thanks, guys. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, have a good week, and um, yeah, we'll see you next week. Thanks, guys. See you next week.